Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 1062 of the Juicebox podcast. Wait till you find out why this one's called Texture. Today on the pod, Jessica. She's 32 years old, diagnosed with type 1 diabetes a few years ago. I'm excited about two things in this one. For you to find out what Jessica thinks caused her type 1 and why the episode is called Texture. Hint, it has something to do with her... Sorry about that. It has something to do with her job as a dog groomer. And for those of you wondering, Arden's blood sugar is 136 diagonal up. Looks like she just ate. She's away at school still. Let me take a look. No. Yeah, yeah, she ate mm, about an hour ago. Getting a little drift up. Ooh, look at the algorithm trying to get it back. Just put in a nice bolus. Oh, and I just watched it push up her basil at the same time. We'll be killing this spike in no time. Speaking of spikes, I have no tie-in for that. Just forget I said that. Drinkag1.com slash juice box. Get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order at drinkag1.com slash juice box. And don't forget those diabetes pro tips are remastered and waiting for you from episode 1000 to 1026. This episode of the juice box podcast is sponsored by cozy earth, cozy earth.com. Just go there, pick out your towels, your sheets, your comfies, like these sweatshirts I'm wearing today, sweatpants I wore the other day, so much, oh my God, uh, pajamas, you'll see. There's a ton of stuff at CozyEarth.com. Anyway, go there, fill up your cart, then use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout, and you will save 40% off of your entire order. It's that easy. The show is also sponsored today by Touched by Type 1. That's touchedbytype1.org. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, or go to their website and see all the great things they're doing for people living with type 1 diabetes. Today's show is also sponsored by the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter, contournext.com slash juicebox. Head over there right now and find out all about the most accurate meter we've ever used, the Contour Next Gen. Using my links supports the show. Those links are in the audio player you're listening in right now, right in the show notes. They're also at juiceboxpodcast.com. That's right. And you can too. <laughs> all right. Believe in yourself. All right. Okay. So this is going to start a little differently. Sure. Give me a second here to get everybody into it. Okay. So guys, this is Jessica and Jessica and I have been talking for 20 minutes and I was not recording her voice. And so we're starting over again. And I apologize because we are never, Jessica, going to be able to remake the joy that I had mm-hmm. in my voice when I found out that you tried Molly from your ex-boyfriend <laughs> without knowing yeah. what it was. And that, that <laughs> upsets me more than anything. I'm glad I could give you an existential crisis. <laughs> I'm really upset about that specifically. That's good. Me too. It was the way you did Honestly. it. Because you were like, you know, I just trusted him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I had no reason not to up until that point. So <laughs> so let's <laughs> let's do a little bit of a fast forward and then I'll find my rhythm. So you're Jessica. Sure. You're yes. 32 years old. You were diagnosed right around the time you're 28, almost 29 years old. Yes. Yes. Type 1 diabetes. Your mm-hmm. cousin has type 1. There's no other autoimmune in your family. 
and you were experiencing some anxiety at the time. And I think that's the core of it. So let's go back to yes. that. You had it triggered by what? Tell people again. Um, so I took um, Molly and the trip itself was fine. But after that, for about a year and a half or two, I had a lot of anxiety, which is not typical for me. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I started to suspect that I had diabetes, maybe. I had a lot of type 2 diabetes um, as a family history, so I was worried about it. And then I started to have blurry vision issues to maybe look into blood sugar as issues as the cause of my vision issues. Um, So I went to the doctor, um, was misdiagnosed at first with type 2, but eventually was diagnosed as type Type 1. And... How did the timelines line up for the doing Molly, having anxiety, getting diagnosed? Like where, where are they, how do they run together? Are they concurrent or are they, one happens before the other? Well, one happens before the other. So I, I think I remember February of 2017 is when I took Molly and then I was diagnosed in 2019 in um, September. But you think you lived that entire time under a level of anxiety that you had not previously had? Yes. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, It is not, uh, from what the Google tells me, substance-induced anxiety disorder after one dose of Malia case reports. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. All right. All my jokes about you taking Molly and not knowing what it was, because you said the ex-boyfriend was- They're gone. Yeah, yeah. They're all gone now. But you said the ex-boyfriend was like, trust me. And you said, yeah, right on. I trust you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I had been with him at se- with uh, for seven years at that point. Right. And he was good at other life things, you know, having a job, paying his bills, being right. generally responsible for the most part, you know. So why not this? Right. Why I, not that? And I he said, you. oh, like, oh, I've tested it already. Like, it's fine. You know, what's really disappointing is that I made such an earnest joke after you said that earlier, because I really have known my wife. My wife is like, you know in her late 40s. I've known her since she was 20. And I honestly, mm-hmm. like, I can't get her to do anything. Like, so, I, I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a reasonable guy. I do other life things. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I know. Sounds maybe slightly more reasonable than I was at the time. I'll see. Oh, oh, I see. You're, <laughs> you're thinking she's smart to say no every time I say something silly. And you're, uh, you, yeah, probably. You, you were the one at, uh, making a mistake. All right, fair oh, enough. Oh, yeah, I, I effed up for sure. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> we just did a pretty good job of encapsulating our 20 minute conversation in the last three minutes. Um, so let's move forward from there with me just feeling mm-hmm. stupid for a couple more seconds. Sure. I'm like literally looking up and there are sound waves in front of me, like, like, vi- like visual representations of sound. And I'm looking and thinking, I'm not talking more than Jessica is like, why do I have so many more sound waves than she does? <laughs> And then I looked closer and I was like, oh, it is because I am not recording her voice. Mm. Uh, anyway, apologies. Uh, very, very many apologies. We learned that you are on MDI and Dexcom. So let's kind of pick mm-hmm. pick up right there. Uh, mm. You took care of yourself right away. You said you had a couple yeah. of moments where you were like, eh, I, I cry. And then and you just yeah. went right to it. I wanted yeah. to ask you at that point, is that your personality? Like, are, yes. you, are you just like, I'm going to just take care of this kind of person? Yeah. So you didn't see a difference in in one to the other, like something bigger life, like health wise or like my apartment needs to be painted. Not not really, I guess. Yeah, I just treated it like something that 
you know, it's like, okay, well, what do I need to do? I'm going to do it. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's pretty, yeah. pretty admirable. Honestly, I guess you don't have any other options, but also Not really, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But also you're now like your breakup happens right around there as well. So you're right on, after, you're on your right. own. Well, my dad was kind enough to let me move in with him for a while. So that was really nice. After the diagnosis or after the breakup? After the breakup. Oh, wait. So you lived together in an apartment with a boy yeah. for a oh, long for sure. time? Yeah, for five five years we lived together. Yeah. But when it ended, it was his apartment? No. Um, we were kind of trying to figure out what to do with it. Uh, he had a friend who was trying to get him to move in with him. So he moved in with his friend. And he said I could have kept the apartment and maybe gotten a roommate or something, but I didn't want to do that. Mm. <laughs> mm. And I wasn't sure if I could afford it on my own. So then I ended up moving in with my dad for a little bit. I think he, my dad felt bad for me, probably rightly so, because <laughs> it kind of <laughs> sucked at, at that time. I mean, you know, with, when you break up with someone you've been with um, for a long time. Yeah. No, I, I not Diabetes, like, was not, I wasn't struggling a lot with that specifically, just like, you know. You so you think your the the focus of your dad's like you know compassion was more about the breakup and less about the diabetes? Oh, I don't know actually. I haven't reflected on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think more about the breakup. Yeah. Wow, it's very nice of him. Look at yeah. that. Yeah, 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 he's a nice guy sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> 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 he's got a really dry sense of humor, uh, which I inherited. So yeah, he can be, you know, but yeah, no, I think, you know, the dry sense yeah, of humor is not always fun. Not always what? Not a dry sense of humor is not always fun when you're on the other side of it. Uh, no, it's fun. It's fun. Um, I find more people that don't know me very well. Just think I'm, can I, are you needing to bleep? You this curse. Okay. Um, people prop initially, I think, think I'm kind of bitchy if they don't know me super well, just with the drier sense of humor. So oftentimes it's more of a problem for other people than it is <laughs> for me. Because <laughs> you, you're um, like, I'm not really being bitchy. I'm just. Yeah, I'm like, this is just a joke. Yeah, <laughs> you know? sarcasm. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see that. I saw somebody make a joke online the other day, and it was so clearly a joke. And to watch people be mad was fascinating. You know, um, I think I remember seeing that post. Maybe I don't remember what it was about. But. Oh, oh, you have a thought. The thing I'm thinking of is ridiculously not about diabetes. But tell me what you saw that you wonder about. Oh, I don't remember specifically what it was, but it was it was on a diabetes page. Um, it might have been on the juice box one. OK, maybe it was a different Facebook page. I'm not sure. I see. Uh, my thing was much crazier, like the whole thing with the Dalai Lama and his tongue and the little. Have you seen all this? No, what? <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't know if I have this completely right. So I think that okay, I think that in their culture, you stick out your tongue when you meet somebody because of some like old idea that there was this, I don't know, ancient leader who had a black tongue. And if your tongue was black, then you had been taken over by his essence or something. So I'm probably getting this very wrong. So you show your tongue to prove that you haven't been taken over or something like that. Okay. But, but he's very close with a boy, like a young boy. And the tongue's out. It's all just kind of really creepy. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I don't know more about it than that. What I know is that, is that I saw something online where somebody posted the picture and said, I don't see the problem. And it was 
clearly sarcasm. Like there's, it's not not a picture you would look at and go, ooh, <laughs> you know. And mm-hmm. and it was just interesting to watch that nobody would assume that somebody could be dry and making a joke about something that was, you know, I mean, serious. So yeah, I, I get your point. Like sometimes you, when you have that sense of humor, it misses people pretty significantly. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. yeah, especially if you don't. I feel like if you know someone and you know to expect it from them, then you can just assume, and you know everybody's good with it. But yeah, yeah. it's a little, it's a little <laughs> easier then. So the one aspect of our um of our conversation that there's really no way to bring back is that you play Dungeons and Dragons, and mm-hmm. um, it just sucks because we had that whole thing. <laughs> I know. Thinking about that, I'm like, oh, D and D stuff's gone. Oh, it's the fine. dungeon masters in a polyamorous relationship, and uh-huh. and I was just like, oh, I might call this episode Dungeon Master. I was so excited. Oh, then, uh, yeah. Wouldn't that have been great? Well, we learned about your character, and then mm-hmm. I and I screwed up. All right, well, we have to find our footing now. This is my fault. And we do. Yeah, yeah, we have to we have to move forward. What made you want to come on the podcast? As you heard earlier, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by the Contour Next Gen blood glucose meter. But when you get a Contour meter, what you're really getting is their test strips. Contour Next test strips feature remarkable accuracy as part of the Contour Next blood glucose monitoring system. They're the number one branded over-the-counter test strips. And they, of course, have second-chance sampling. Second-chance sampling can help you to avoid wasted strips. Contour Next dot com forward slash juice box near the top of the page you'll see a buy now button it's bright yellow when you click on that you'll get eight options of places online to buy contour meters and test strips walmart.com amazon walgreens cvs pharmacy meyer kroger target rite aid these are all links you'll find at my link linkity link links but a link blink blink link i'm just kidding head over there now won't you please Listen, the contour meters are incredibly accurate. They are simple to use. They are easy to hold, easy to read, and they have a bright light for nighttime testing. Part of me wants to say that the second chance sampling is the biggest deal, but honestly, it's the accuracy. These meters are accurate. And I know a lot of people like to think, well, I have a CGM. I don't need a meter. You do. You need a meter. You need to be accurate. You deserve it to be accurate. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Take a look at the Contour Next Gen and the other meters available from Contour. When you use my links, you're supporting the production of the show and helping to keep it free and plentiful. You guys got me on a good day. I just spent my very own money on some Cozy Earth items. I'm wearing them today because they are, well, cozy. Today I've got on brand new joggers and a new sweatshirt. Why did I have to buy new ones? Well, I've lost a little bit of weight. And I didn't like looking sloppy in my other ones. So I treated myself to some new joggers and a hoodie. And they fit like a glove and they're super comfy and I wore them all day. And you could too. Now, did I pay full price for them? No, I did not. Do I get some special deal that you don't get? No, not at all. I took my money, I plunked it down at CozyEarth.com and then I used my very own offer code JUICEBOX at checkout and I saved 40% off of the things I'm wearing, and a couple of other things that are in the other room. This will work for you too. CozyEarth.com. Get sheets, towels, hoodies, sweatshirts, pajamas, anything you can think of, and it'll be soft, soft, and beautiful, and, and temperate. Temperate, not hot, not cold, perfect 
in the sheets, in the hoodie. That uh, This morning I dried myself off with the, the waffle towel. What an experience. I'm not even kidding you. Yeah, the shower, you know, you're all wet. I don't know about you guys. I do a little squeegee on myself. I like, like a little, like I just push off a little bit of the water. I don't know if you guys do that or not. Then boom, hit myself with the waffle side of the towel first. All the absorption happens. And then I flip it around to the other side and just, ooh, a little buff and a shimmy. You know what I mean? A little chamois shake. And I am crisp and clean and ready to go. Cozyearth.com. Use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. Save 40% off of everything on that website. Use my links. Use my offer codes. Support the podcast. Dry off your bits and your pieces and then lay them down in a smooth, silky bed of viscose bamboo. You will not be sorry. I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe free therapy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mostly joking. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought I had a unique um, experience with my diagnosis. Not that it's necessarily necessary or super valuable to like blame the onset of type one on something, but I just thought it was a interesting. Yeah. You really, you really believe in the timeline of this. You, you do, yeah. you do the Molly, you have a, like an anxiety you've never experienced before in your entire life for a couple of years and then you get diabetes. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I had, um, yeah. And I definitely had, I think it was like a slower onset starting around that time. Cause I was six months before a diagnosis. I had a yeast infection every other month and I, tried a different birth control and I felt like I could feel like tingling my legs. It was similar to what I thought was neuropathy. Maybe uh -huh. that symptom went away when I changed birth controls, but there were like a lot of things around that time, right before I was diagnosed looking back, it was like, Oh yeah, that was a sign. And I didn't know what to look for. Birth control pill. I tried the Nuvering. Oh, the Nuvering. Hold on a second. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason I asked is because I'm on pills and I'm, on pills except for a time when I was trying to figure out some, if I wanted to try something else. But. Yeah, and I'm trying to see if um, if Nuvering has any blood it sugar does. blood sugar impacts. It does. It, it says it may increase blood sugar uh, in diabetes. Oh, okay. But it, here it says healthcare providers often suggest Nuvering for diabetic women because it does not oh. pass through the digestive system. Instead, it is absorbed directly mm. through the vagina. There's words you don't hear often spoken out loud. This yep. is beneficial. <laughs> not often. <laughs> <laughs> this is Instead, there aren't many things you want to absorb through through there, no, uh, honestly. No, I mean, honestly, <laughs> really take that sentence in your mind and say, where would I use this? It is absorbed directly through the vagina. There's nowhere. <laughs> there's, I, go ahead. Try to work it into a conversation. I dare you. Uh, this is beneficial for women with diabetes because the body does not huh. have to metabolize the medication. I don't see why that makes a goddamn bit of difference, but okay. Me neither, because uh, it's still going directly into your bloodstream. So, And it's not like the pill has sugar, like... You know, like yeah. a, that's a strange carbs in it. And that's really strange. I mean, if if it says there's a reason, maybe there is. It just I can't imagine it. That's all. Well, the um my ex at the time like read the packet and somewhere on the packet it says may increase blood sugar in diabetics or don't use if you're diabetic or something like that. Okay. All right. So this, this, the I guy... think it made an impact, probably yeah. for yeah. sure. Okay. Do you find that an oral contraceptive helps you with your blood sugar management? I'm not sure because I've only had, that was the only time I've ever switched. I just switched back to oral meds. I don't have anything to compare it to. So I see. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Were you, were, uh, do you find your blood sugars different to manage at different times of the month? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, 
is harder to manage the second week specifically, like around the time when I normally might be ovulating. Um, and then it tends to, I tend to go low the week of and or the week prior. The event itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And the week before. Yeah. Which is strange. I don't really have much. Sometimes I don't have any bleeding at all. I went to an OBGYN and he, the vibe was, do you want to be pregnant? Oh, no. Okay. You're fine. <laughs> so he didn't seem to care much about that, but I do have more blood sugar fluctuations. If the period, if I actually get a period or if I'm ha- have more PMS symptoms or something like it's a heavier That's interesting. cycle, um, I do have more um, issues. Huh. I wonder if you have less of a hormonal impact than, than what you're, what you'd be expecting. Cause if it's not like, I, I mean, you know, cause what are we calling like an impact on your blood sugars? Is it like a percentage of insulin more that you need when it's difficult to manage? Yeah. You think it's 10%, 20? What do you think? Oh, I don't know. Uh, honestly, my strategy has been take 14 units of long acting the first week or three. And if things, if I start going low more then I'll take one less unit. And then if that's, if I'm still going low, Maybe take two less units. What basal are you using? Uh, Fias, not Fias. Sorry, that's my. Um, yeah, that's your rapid. Um, Traceba. Why can't Traceba? Yes. Look at that. I was like, hmm, which one am I guessing? Okay, and so and Traceba overlaps itself, so um, you adjust it. You adjust it down just by a unit if you're noticing a low blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. So. There has been no anxiety since this two-year period, or did it did it persist? Uh, no, it just kind of went away. Uh, now I just have, like, you know, you have, like, things in your life that make you temporarily anxious, you know, like normal reactions to things. Yeah. Um, but I haven't experienced severe, what I would consider for myself, severe anxiety like that since. Hmm. That's really interesting. Any other, yeah. like, mental health issues? No, I don't think so. I'm usually pretty easygoing. Probably yeah. tolerate things longer than I should. <laughs> it's such an interesting, more modern response to that question. You like, do you have any mental health issues? And you went, no, I don't think so. Like, like. Well, <laughs> I mean, that you. There's a. We have a lot more. Um, like in media, there's a lot more people talking about their issues. So it's like, okay am I fine? Or cause you know, the, the impression is like, turns out I wasn't fine. I had like bipolar disorder or, or whatever the thing is where people are like, Oh my God, I didn't know I was living with this until I put it together. Yeah. That's kind of, it's kind of fascinating. But, isn't it? The, um, yeah. Like, because there is, um, I'm trying to think of what I heard recently. Oh, eating disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, there was, um, a therapist talking about in this article that, when when we first, you know, as kind of a, a culture of mental health people started understanding eating disorders more, they thought mm-hmm. like, well, let's make this public so people understand and can get helped. And then the incidence of eating disorders went up significantly. Now, is that because people now know what to call it? So it's being diagnosed? Or is it because you're putting it in people's heads and they're like, oh, I have that, but they don't really. I, I, that's such an interesting kind of social question. I find like you, can- I tend to lean toward that people are suffering with these issues and they just didn't have a label for it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm so interested in that idea. Like, is it like a mass psychosis or is it just like, oh, wow. I mean, because could there have been that many things going wrong for people and we just were unaware of it? Do you know what I mean? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. That's something. Yeah, like when a- my grandmother was growing up, she she grew up in Oklahoma on a farm. Mm-hmm. And uh, like her uh, childhood sounded kind of not great. And I'm sure she has what we would call probably anxiety now, but you know, when you're growing up around that time and it just is what it is and nobody talks about it and you just. Do you think she had a bad life because of it? Well, because of her upbringing. Yeah. She was the 12th child and by like much younger than her other siblings and they lived on a farm. Um, So she, you know, grew up working since she was really young, like on the farm. And, uh, she wanted to get the heck out of Oklahoma, so she was pen pals with my grandfather. Okay. And uh, then she moved to Wisconsin with him. Or he lived in Wisconsin, but yeah. she moved. That's where I live, if you couldn't tell from my accent. No, yeah. I got it. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but So your, your grandmother was like, I need to get out of here so badly. I met a man through yeah. writing on paper, and I'm going to go to Wisconsin yeah. to marry him. Exactly. Wow, the world used yeah. to be a different place. And That's it did, crazy. It did not work out for her either, I feel like. <laughs> My grandpa had a really tough upbringing, and um, he was um, born-again Christian, I guess, at the time. Right. And my grandma thought, like, oh, perfect, just what I need. You know, appearances can be deceiving, I guess. Yeah. So your grandmother thought, I'll take some Jesus, because i got to get away from this giant family where I'm probably being ignored, and I'm anxious because... I'm not even like, I mean, you know, people used to have kids just to work their land. Yeah. I wonder what that's like when you realize you're only here like as a, as a farm animal. Do you know what I mean? I mean, kind of. And uh, she didn't, her mother wasn't super um, affectionate with her Mm -hmm. either. So even though she was the baby, um, she just didn't get a lot of like, it sounds like affection from her mom. Yeah. That lady was probably exhausted. Oh, yeah, for sure. She probably had to carry her uterus over her shoulder with a strap. Like 12 kids. Oh, God. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Did you just say little? (laughs) Well, yeah, because I think, like, prolapse uterus and uh, I'm uh, a dog groomer. And there's, you know, some grooming groups where people post stuff. And I went to school um, for a little bit. So, like, I've seen pictures of what that looks like, and it's not great. <laughs> no, it's your insides coming out through your outsides. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. not good. No. No, no. Not good at all. The opposite of absorbed. <laughs> uh-uh. uh, uh, the absolute opposite of, of being absorbed by through your vagina. It's it's your, it's, yeah. it's being rejected yep. through your vagina. Yeah, that's, I'm just saying, like, I don't know how you have 12 kids and then, like, bounce the 12th one on your knee and are like, hey, sweetie. I'd be like, oh, my yeah. God, I can't believe what have I done? You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sure the the is at least a few years younger than her uh, youngest sibling. Hmm. My gosh, that's just crazy talk. Yeah. Oh well. All I right. Know. Okay. So you, but you ended up in Wisconsin. Did she end up divorced? No, they stayed together. Oh. She she almost left him like three months into the relationship. Uh, she went back to not three months in. I'm sorry. She had, I think she had had two kids by then. And she moved back to Oklahoma for like four months. Hey, Jessica, I don't know why you're breaking up so much. It had to be a couple years into their marriage uh, that she did end up going back. I don't know why. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm not sure why. You don't know why she went back. I see. No, I don't. (laughs) 
Uh, well, you know, stability. Out here, and the first winter, her husband and somebody else, like, they just left her alone in the middle of winter. She had to cut her own firewood. Wait, about- You know, like, she, like, it sounded really messed up. Like, her first winter here was horrible. And Wisconsin winter isn't fun. No. <laughs> it's really cold. There's a lot of snow. Like, he just went to work or something, I think. I don't know. About what year do you think this was? Oof. Probably in the early 60s. Hmm. So he pen paled his way to a lady to make babies for him and then just took off and went and did his own thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I said, she she thought like born again Christian meant he was probably a, a good person and had his stuff together. Uh, and then he didn't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know a ton about it. I don't know a ton about it, but I, I, I've always had the feeling that born again was, uh, was something that people were attracted to when they had had some fairly significant problems in their life and they were looking for a reset. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I've never really talked to my grandfather about it. Um, Interesting. I yeah. never had a chance when I, I don't know if he would have really had an answer for it. I don't know if he was super introspective. Yeah. My grandmother is. She's very intelligent, very introspective. Oh, um, but I don't think he really is or was. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. How much room would you have for that in your life? And, you know, if that's how you were living, like to sit Not around and really think about your motivations. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, a fairly new thing for the masses to be doing over the last mm-hmm. maybe 30, 40 years. To um, our benefit or no? <laughs> I, you know, I can't tell sometimes. Like maybe igno- yeah. maybe ignorance is bliss, right? It, sometimes it feels like maybe there's a joke, you know, like millennials know what we know what's wrong with us, but we still can't really do anything about it. <laughs> you know, well, that was kind of my point earlier. Like, I wonder, yeah. I wonder what, why, why does it matter? Like, if you're okay, why does it matter? Oh, uh, I think it's more people that feel like they're not okay. Maybe that it's more valuable for. Oh yeah. Well, feeling okay and being okay, I think are two different things. Like, the, I, I mean, yeah, is there probably. anybody who would like <laughs> say like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, everything's perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Like, I guess my, maybe my expectations are just super low. My expectations tend to be low as a strategy. <laughs> yeah. Like n- not really low, but I, I don't expect everything to work out perfectly. Um, and then when it works out fine, I'm really happy. Yeah, I like I I open my eyes in the morning. I'm like, I've already won. Like I'm alive. And then yeah. you know, like the day goes how it goes. I don't judge it. Like I don't I can never carry one day to the next. Like I I don't I I've agree. Never yeah. been like that. Like I just like yesterday. I had a like a long day yesterday of thinking about the podcast and trying to like I was doing a lot of background stuff that you guys don't see like invoicing and like having conversations with people about ads and like being upbeat and meanwhile I'm just in the back of my head I'm just always thinking about how to grow the podcast right and Mm -hmm. I I took this whiteboard in front of me and I I wrote big ideas on it and at the end of the night I had a whiteboard (laughs) I had a whiteboard that said big ideas on it I was like uh and you know at the end of the day I was disappointed I was like I really did not I didn't come through today the way I thought I was going to and then I woke up this morning and never thought of it again. And it, nice. yeah, I, I'm of the mindset, like my wife will make a list of things when I first met her, she'd be like, this is the to-do list, right? And mm-hmm. it was one to 10. And all of a sudden, number four would become very important. And her 
thought process was, well, we have to get one, two, and three done so we can get to number four. It's very important. And I would just reorder the list and put four at the top. Right. And yeah, it was interesting how that didn't work for her. She's like, no, all these things are important. And, and that facilitated a conversation where I ended up finally saying, I don't think anything on this list is important unless it is, unless it becomes emergent. Like it's, it's just not important. Like I, I had a weed growing in the back corner of my yard for a while. Right. And it was behind a shed and I couldn't see it. And it mm. grew, grew for so long that it got woody. Like it turned into like, oh. a, like a tree almost, you know? Yeah. And I, I see it once in a while. I'm like, I should cut that down. And then I just didn't have time. I didn't have time. I didn't have time. I didn't have time. Before I knew it, it had been there for five years. This little four foot tall little tree thing that never got any bigger and nobody ever saw. And it didn't matter. Like it doesn't belong there and it should go away. But grand scheme, it has no impact on anything. And, yeah. you know, I wonder how often we get focused on things and treat them like they're super important, but they don't really have an impact on anything hmm. other than it's on your list. I don't know. There's a deeper I conversation there. I don't think I'm prepared for yeah, I I don't know if I had that experience always. <laughs> like, if it's a random thing like that that I've just forgotten to do forever and I come to it um, when I end up completing the task, it's satisfying, but I'm not upset that it took me very long. But it's really nice to just get it done, though, like once it's done. Right. No, I, I know people feel that way. I'm even thrown off by that idea. Like, it's satisfying. Like, I did eventually mm -hmm. cut the weed down, and I, I have to be honest with you. I did not feel accomplished or satisfied. I was no. just like, what's oh, going on? so sad. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's, yeah, I think I'm somewhere in the middle where like, you know, something's in the back of my mind and I can just take care of it and it's gone. Yeah. That's nice. I, I also didn't get to grow up like um, expecting to like my work even. Oh, yeah. I uh, don't know if I grew up that way, but I ended up sort of living my life that way. Um, and that's nice. <laughs> you do think you do something for work that you enjoy. Yes. Yeah. It would never occur to me. It didn't when I was growing up. Uh, I just stumbled into it and realized, Hey, I, I like this. I'm going to keep doing it. Even if it, I could get a job that maybe pays better. I don't want to be, you know, mm -hmm. upset with, you know, I don't want to live most of my, you know, a lot of my day doing something that I, don't like doing did you have a lot of like financial support like if you didn't work would you have been okay for a little while i don't know <laughs> um i went to school for a while um and i lived with my parents kind of until i was almost done with school but if i hadn't have gone to school i would have just started working yeah i i took my first job because it was available to me and i had yeah. and i had to have money and i then... didn't have to have money but it was like i mean kind of but like I said, it would have been either or, either go to college or start working. Yeah. And I, well, I did both kind of, but I was working part time. No, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we should probably talk about your diabetes. So maybe uh, a little. <laughs> so let, let's talk about it then. So mm. it's been three years. Your MDI. Mm. What What are your goals? Are you reaching them? How are you doing it? Um, I'd like to have an A1C of six. I've been at six point five. Um, pretty consistently, which I'm a little disappointed by, but it's fine. It's okay. I did get a 5.7, my second to last A1C, but I was trying to be more aggressive and I ended up feeding the insulin all the time. Okay. 
Uh, so that wasn't like I didn't reach that number. Kind of you know, honestly. The way, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. the way I would have liked to. So, so what's the difference between six point five and six? What are you not doing at six point five that you probably are doing at six? I think it's I'm not dosing for meals, maybe correctly, because um, I do end up correcting often after I eat. Okay. And maybe pre-bolusing. I do pre-bolus, but it's not always exactly the same time every time. And for lunch, I often can't pre-bolus or I'll go low. If I'm working, uh, my insulin needs are different for lunch than it would be any other day. I see. Um, I'm usually about eight to one, uh, mm-hmm. but for lunch, I'm 12 to one and I typically don't pre-bolus or I'll go low. Okay. So it's a little bit of timing and a little bit of amount that Mm-hmm. And that when that shifts the wrong way, you lose about a half a point in A1C. Probably. That makes yeah. sense to me, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense to me. I'm just having a hard time fixing it, which is frustrating. <laughs> and so is it a, um, you're having trouble fixing it because you don't know what to do or you can't bring yourself to do it? It's more like I don't know what to do, I guess. Um, I would do it if I knew it would work. Okay. I've had it happen a couple of times where I've made a change and it went too far in the other direction and it was like a minor change. So it's like, eh, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm suspecting me. I don't know. I've, it's just figuring, it's just fine tuning it, figuring out exactly how long the people is for, or like, do I need one more unit of insulin or do I need to follow up with like a fatter protein adjustment or well, using lunch as an example, does that mm-hmm. only happen when you're at work or does it happen lunchtime no matter what? Only at work. Right. So so you're more mm-hmm. active at work, so you don't yeah. need as much insulin. And yeah. because you're MDI, you can't change your basal rates while you're at work in like you would mm-hmm. if you had a pump. So you're trying to impact it through your carb ratio. But mm-hmm. the truth is it's not enough insulin for the food. So you get you have a spike at lunch that you don't see at other meals. Is that about right? Oh, no, I don't spike. I tend to spike before breakfast um, and sometimes after supper. Lunch, usually I don't spike lunch unless okay I've at. just messed up my dose. No, so, okay, so then so then you are managing it well with the, the different carb ratio at lunch, but the activity is that important to you that it changes your carb ratio by a third. Oh, by a third. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it also could be that I don't dose correctly for breakfast and I'm often, you know what? I totally forgot to mention. I do often correct after breakfast. Never mind. So I've got probably some active insulin in my system that I'm forgetting to make like a conscious note of. So maybe that's why I don't need a pre-bolus for lunch at breakfast or at at, at work. Because if you didn't eat lunch, would you get low? Do you think? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. So, okay, so go back to breakfast then. You spike, you get feet on the floor, like your blood sugar goes up before you eat in the morning? No, it's no. only um, when, uh, after I eat. After you eat. Okay. Yeah. So do you shoot your traceba in the morning? No. Shoot your traceba at night, you get up in the morning, you eat. And, and usually, um, more often than not, I'm, I tend to be a little bit lower in the morning. Okay. And too high, I have tried. My endo want, wanted me to, and I've tried backing off my traceba by a unit. I just had a harder time in general with my blood sugars, and I was running higher at night than I'd like to. Okay. So you need the traceba at that level. So so yeah. what happens in the morning? Like, What are you eating for breakfast? Uh, I usually eat uh, oatmeal. It's like overnight oats. 
kind of like oat, oatmeal and milk, put it in the fridge overnight. Okay. Take it out and eat it. Um, I do probably overcorrect at breakfast when I get that spike after I eat. Mm-hmm. I probably am overcorrecting. I'm just incredibly impatient and I hate to be at 200. <laughs> Does it happen every day? Uh, Yeah. Can I ask you if you're seeing a spike after the oatmeal consistently and then you're mm-hmm. bolusing for that spike, why don't you take some of the insulin for the correction that you're using for the spike and just move it into the bolus for the oatmeal? I've tried that and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. What happens when like, it doesn't? Sometimes I go low. Oh, a little, okay. A little low. So through through kind of fear, you're waiting for the spike to happen before you add the extra. Yeah, I've I've been working on this for a while. Um, like I tried lowering my um, high note too low. Um, I was really aggressively correcting at the one sixty, mm-hmm. and then I found I was running low a lot of the time. Okay. Um, so sometimes I will go up to 160, maybe 170 and I'll come back down. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I shouldn't correct at that level and other times I need it and I'm just haven't put it together exactly when (laughs) I need to correct at that time and when I don't. So it seems to me, and not that you couldn't figure this out, um, but there's- No, I've been quote unquote working on it for a while, so- (laughs) You know, well, well, what I was, <laughs> let me know what you got. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is that I think it's partially because you're on MDI that okay. that you're yeah. having that you're having an issue because you can't be as reactive to it as you would be with a pump, and like you're okay. like you're waiting for numbers. Like, well, I waited till I was 160, but that was too aggressive, so now I have to wait till I'm 180 so that I don't get low. And like you know, with a pump, you wouldn't think twice about hitting 140 and using a fraction of the insulin to see if it worked. But when you're injecting, you're waiting for a moment when you can what? Like inject full units, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So instead of like waiting for a number and then putting in the full unit, you could be doing a quarter of a unit or a half of a unit for the pump. You could be bolusing a little more aggressively for the food and adding a temp basal increase over top of the oatmeal a little bit. And that way, if it was too much, you could just shut the temp basal increase off. If it was too little, you could be more aggressive with it. If you started to look like, oh, I might get low, you could shut your basal off for 15 or 20 minutes. And like, there's more stuff you could do there with a pump that you can't do with this, with the, the MDI. I think that might be why you're not finding an answer because it's, it's a more mm-hmm. of a fine tuning problem in a sledgehammer world. Yeah, that was kind of my suspicion. <laughs> well, is that what you were thinking? Yeah. A you little should, bit. You should get I a podcast. Ho- I, hmm? You should get a podcast. Tell people. <laughs> I should, right? I already, yeah, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I have, was toying with getting an Omnipod um, and getting the algorithm. Uh, I'm trying to buy a house right now, though, so I'm kind of worried about mm. doing that and getting a pump. Um, I ended didn't really know how much of an impact I would see with it. Like, if I got a pump and I was getting about the same results I have now, I don't know if it would be worth it necessarily. Yeah, I, um, I see your point. that Because the, yeah. the endo is just looking at the number. Like, they're probably mm-hmm. saying six and a half. You're doing great. Oh, she thinks, she told me to calm down. <laughs> My last appointment, which was like last month, she was like, you're doing fine. My other clients, like, you know, they're in eight and nine. It's, you're fine. Calm down. Yeah, well, two <laughs> things. Uh, you can't measure your success against somebody else's 
lack of success. <laughs> and um, that's, yeah, a, you know, this like, is true. yeah, my mom used to be like, you're doing great. And I was like, you're literally holding me up against my cousin who's been like jailed. I don't know how well yeah. I'm doing. <laughs> um, but but the other yeah. thing is maybe if your doctor had like a little more anxiety, they'd be more focused. Maybe you could suggest Molly to them, for example. And uh, maybe flip her out a yeah. little bit. Get her, get I mean, her. you know, I'll get to know her for a couple more years. We talk about her dogs. She trusts me. So <laughs> she'll fall for it, right? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I just think it's a common. I, I I think that's a great example of why people don't get help from doctors sometimes because they're like, well, you're in range. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Let it be, baby. Like, what are you worried about? You know, you did the yeah. thing. Now, you know, 10 years from now when the ADA lowers their target to six, she'll say, well, the ADA says their target's six. And, you know, maybe we should be trying something else. It's, it's just kind of meaningless why people say things sometimes. If you're trying to get your A1C under six, mm-hmm then that's important if that's what you want, you know? Um, yeah, I think a pump's the answer, yeah, but but it doesn't, I agree. you know, I don't know if it needs to be an algorithm okay. right away or not, but you know, at the a, same a what? an algorithm, like an Omnipod 5, for, I heard you bring up oh, earlier. Yeah, I would really like an algorithm, I think. It seems like it would be a little bit less work once you figure the system out then. Yeah, no, it, it then is. not. Hey, and so you th- is this an insurance issue for you? Well, I haven't even looked into it. I'm not sure. My insurance does cover Dexcom, and it's not super expensive. I've had a couple of changes since I've been diabetic with my insurance, mm-hmm. and they all cover it about the same. Yeah. You're getting insurance through – I'm sorry. This will sound – I don't know how it's going to – It's just like, you know, I, I tend to be conservative about wanting to spend money on large things like, like that. <laughs> so I'm just nervous about, you know, the cost. and Sure. Well, I mean, maybe you look into it and find out that it's not a large cost. Maybe your insurance covers it, and it's almost a insignificant amount. That would be nice. Could be. I, I have to ask yeah. you. This will sound wrong, and I apologize. But you get insurance being a dog groomer? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> um, I buy. I have marketplace insurance. Oh, okay. So you're you're yeah. kind of paying out of pocket for your insurance. Yes. I was like, how yeah. is that? Like, what amazing place do you work where they're like, you're a dog groomer, and we would like to give you full benefits. Yeah. Well, yeah. you can work at a corporate store and get insurance through them, but I would not recommend it. Oh, how come? Because I did that for a while and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I feel like in general, um, the animal industry can can be stressful, it, like by its nature. And then you throw um, like your managers telling you you need to do more work for the same amount of money or enact extra policies and have no extra time for it. Hmm. Things like that. It's not great. Everybody's stressed and it's, you know, yeah, not well, the best environment. No, my wife works in a corporate environment and she yeah. will absolutely die sitting in a chair working. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. I, yeah. It's bleh. And yeah, I, I feel sympathy for anybody at any stage. I was at like the bottom of the totem pole, but it's like it's not it's probably worse being my manager and it was probably worse being her manager and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. You know, I am really like heartened by like grooming animals and you're thinking of buying a house and i thought well that's a that's terrific like that like it can work out yeah yeah i mean i'm not rolling in dough or anything no but still that's maybe a small house but but you know that's still pretty impressive to me like just generally like i I wouldn't have expected that and i'm absolutely like like oh wow that's fantastic i get a lot of people asking me how many days a a week I do this and I'm like, 
oh, this is full time, baby. <laughs> like five days a week, ten hours a day. All the all the days, and please all the days, please all tip, of them. Please tip. Um, yes, please, please tip. Are you yeah. selling the dog hair for like some nefarious thing? No, I don't think there's a black market for dog hair, unfortunately. <laughs> well, if there was, can you imagine? Yeah, uh, I would, I'd be down for it, yeah. That's really kind of, you know, I, I don't know if I'm sounding... Uh, like stuck up here or something like I don't oh, I don't no. I don't I don't mean to like I'm just like wow like to me like that's a thing people do I think of it as a cash business a little bit but obviously yeah you know and um I don't know just like it's I don't know I felt good because you're in, and here's why because you're a single person mm-hmm. you described I don't want to work in a corporate setting so you're not you're doing mm-hmm. something that's not exactly like you know, commonplace, like people don't like when they're 16, go like, I'm going to grow up and be a dog groomer. So you're doing something you're enjoying, I imagine. And, yeah. and, um, and you have health benefits enough to manage your diabetes, which mm-hmm. I think is a thing people worry about. And it's a you- crazy place. Uh, I didn't really know dog grooming was a thing until I sort of stumbled into it, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just one of those things that you don't think of as, like you said, you don't think of it as like a, a career, I guess, in that way. I mean, I imagine it is. I just, it wasn't like, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, you don't hear people say, like, when I grow up, I'm going to be a dog groomer. You hear people say, like, when I grow up, I think I'm going to be an accountant or something, you know, mm-hmm. nebulous. Or like, like an electrician or yeah, 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 know, exactly. a lawyer or whatever. Hey, yeah. do you ever have to express the dog's anal glands? Yeah. Okay. It's less gross the longer I'm doing it. And I'm starting to equate, like, every dog's got a different texture and, like, consistency and smell. Wait, of their buttholes? Not their buttholes, oh. but like the anal gland, like okay. the, the liquid. Okay. Oh, oh, and oh, okay, keep going. Sorry. I, okay, I, so I'm going to be really gross, but if you're a dog groomer, you get used to it and you forget how gross you are and how much people hate this. Jessica, I got to regroup for a second. Hold on a second. Yeah, yeah. I understand. I get it. Can I tell yeah. you the word that got me? What? T- texture. Texture, yeah. I, I, I... I I can't even begin to tell you, like, my whole self cringed into a tight little ball. I'm like, texture? There's texture to the liquid? that. Ex- Wait, hold on. I mean, I'm not touching it, but, like, you know, when it comes, there, it can be varying levels of viscosity. Like, sometimes <laughs> it's, it's, like, runny, and sometimes it isn't. Okay, stop. That was enough. I can't do it's it. Gr- <laughs> I know. Yeah, I went too far. That's I, It's gross. Yeah. Oh. You just kind of get used to that kind of stuff, though. <laughs> oh, my God. But I think yeah, it's, it's fair to say so that gross. if you meet a new boy ever and he's into butt stuff, you'll just be like, whatever. I'm good. I can- oh, no. <laughs> no? Okay. No. That would be that'd take some talking talking me into. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Like, I'm now I'm I, like, I thought for sure you were just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, can I do mean, it. it's different when you have to do it. For your job on an animal that isn't a person and doesn't have a lot of thoughts about it. I'm sweating. I just want you to know that. <laughs> and and people don't ha- like have anal glands, I don't think. So it's like different. <sighs> is you it know? possible I don't know what an anal gland is? Wait, you don't It's have- possible that you don't. Uh, I, I, I can you- explain. I can give you the rundown. Go ahead. How do you do it? Well, I maybe not. But so that they have little sacs on the inside of their like rectum, like or on the anus and when they go to the bathroom it like puts pressure on the sacs and they like a little bit of like anal gland fluid gets on the like feces and that's what dogs are smelling when they're like smelling all the dog's poop that's like they're smelling that that has like all sorts of information about the dog so that's what anal glands are it 
They hold that stuff. And then why do they need to be expressed? Sometimes they get clogged. So if your dog all of a sudden his butthole starts like, like if he's got two hard lumps at like four and eight o'clock on a clock, or if his like, it just looks swollen back there, that might be the issue. If they're scooting a lot or licking their butt a lot, it happens with small dogs pretty often where they, they just have issues with, um, or if your um, dog isn't going to the bathroom regularly or it's really runny or something and they're not getting expressed on their own, then they can have issues. Okay, Jessica, I just it's spent a, the last a whole thing. Well, it's yeah. a, oh, is that a pun? It's a whole thing. <laughs> no, no? <laughs> it wasn't meant to be. It could okay. be though. So, uh, so I'm the entire time you were speaking. I'm mm-hmm. just I'm waving air into my face. I'm like I'm oh I'm I don't know nauseous is almost the word. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. I, I asked <laughs> you to do it. I wanted it done. And, yeah. And that's it. Yeah, okay. that's it. What's that cost? $10. Oh my no. God, Jessica, yeah. you're not charging enough money for that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Um, so the the way the vet expresses them and the way I do it is different. Um, do you play music? <laughs> no, I do it externally and the vet will like do it internally where they'll like kind of assault your animal a little bit to express them that way. Oh, so if I want butt stuff, yeah. I got to find a vet. Yeah, if you want like serious butt stuff, you got to go to the vet okay, for sure. Because they're used yeah. to putting their fingers in there and working around a little bit. Yeah, yep. And I just push from, I feel from the outside and like push up and out. And then oh. it usually works. Hey, you're wearing yeah. gloves up to your shoulders when you're doing this or what? Uh, may, let's say yes. <laughs> oh my God, not always gloves. <laughs> well, I'm doing it in the bathtub, right? What the fuck? Why does um, that matter, Jessica? <laughs> because I'm going to wash everything in there, including my hand. I don't care. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> like, you should be in well, a hermetically sealed outfit when you do that. Uh, I don't think there's like zoonotic diseases that can be passed on with anal gland fluids. So I think it's good. I think uh, it's okay. But they all smell different. Um, There's like, you know, three or four different smells. It's all bad. Yeah. I mean, it, in, it, in it the beginning, does really it make you wretch in the beginning? I've only gagged once. It was really weird. Like I have a, I think I have a pretty strong stomach. Apparently, uh, obviously, because I talked about anal glands for uh, how long? Like ten minutes. It's fine. Know. Not not long enough, if you ask me. But keep going. <laughs> um, but I was um work when I was working at PetSmart. I was working with a coworker, and I asked her for help because I wasn't able. I wasn't just not getting it. And she came over, and for whatever reason, the smell made us both gag. And that's not typically the case. Usually, I can handle it. Um, every once in a while, though, it's bad i don't know <laughs> okay and yeah. ten dollars yeah yeah um, it only takes you know a minute it doesn't i even don't take care a it takes like 10 seconds i don't care my minimum <laughs> it's 200 bucks if you want that done that's just to get me out of bed for it i'm not doing it Oof. for less than that i can't well if you need that done on your dogs then you know you can well you probably i don't know you probably don't take them to a groomer i imagine they're they're like bully breeds or something yeah they're short-haired dogs like they don't yeah so they don't need stuff. much yeah. They get they get a bath once in a while, like when they yeah. if they stay, if they board somewhere. I'm like, do their nails, give them a day, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's no hair cutting. The hair is just all over my house. Um, yeah, it's a trade off. Either you have to deal with the dog matting, or there's hair everywhere. Mm, my goodness, one or the other. Wow, this is absolutely horrifying, Jessica. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. You are being underpaid. Probably, yeah. No, no, not it probably. Just... Stop it. You are being underpaid. <laughs> 
Mm. Okay, I had to take a sip. I need to. I need to center myself. Yeah, if you need a minute, I, we can... I mean a minute. Wow, I really my brow got sweaty and like I, oh my god, I was really like upset. <laughs> that is the the grossest thing I have to deal with. Nothing tops like how gross that is. You oh, I lied. That's a lie. But uh, routine day to day, that's the grossest thing I have. Wait, to deal wait, with. wait. What's the grossest thing if that's not uh, it? Like bad teeth or like a wound that an owner didn't know about until I shave the hair off and find oh, it. Like oh, that sad. kind of stuff happens occasionally. Yeah. That's sad. Do you get bit? And sometimes they bite you. Yeah. Um, sometimes often it's for nails or something like that. Um, some dogs really, really hate their nails done. Mm-hmm. Um, or they're not used to grooming and they're really anxious. I've had people, I had somebody who had a chow chow. They're like really independent dogs and they don't like strangers. And this guy kind of had a hard time grooming his dog, but he thought he would take it to me to see what I could do, <laughs> which didn't work out. And that dog would bite at me for sure. Oh my um, God. You learn to see it coming and, you know, you you get fast. <laughs> and then obviously if it's really bad, you, you know, don't groom that dog anymore. It's got my fast twitch muscles or, or boom, I'm just out of the way. Boom. Bang. Yeah. And a little snapping yeah. jaws going all over the place. They, um, bad teeth can smell, right? Oh, really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they can get like abscesses and stuff too. Mm-hmm. What's the best way uh, when you cut a nail too far and it bleeds, what's the best way to stop it from bleeding? Uh, we have quick stop that we put on it. Um, so it's like a powder that will... I'm not exactly sure, but I think it helps the blood clot. Yeah. Um. So you put it on the nail. Um. And usually I don't quick them too bad. It's just like you know one little. You just put a little quick step on them and mm-hmm. they're fine. I had somebody tell me recently a, a moist bar of soap, just drag the mm. nail through it to clog it up, and I was like, "Huh, that's interesting." Never heard of that. Yeah, I've, I've heard cornstarch works if you have cornstarch at home. I've seen that too. Cornstarch, baking yeah. soda, that kind of stuff can help too. Um. Okay. Do you think you're going to date again? I'm working on it. Yeah? Yeah, as of recently. I mean, what do you put on your profile? I can take harsh smells? Like, that would be... <laughs> oh, God, no. no. <laughs> That's the, uh, exactly the opposite goal. Yeah, it's, right, right. See, fuck, Be clean, please. <laughs> you're learning from your great-grandmother. She, uh, she, 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 I she, guess. She was like, she had her bar set too low, and you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, so... Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm working on it. I've been on a couple dates. I have a, I think a little bit of a commitment issue. So it's interesting. I'm trying to like push through that and kind of just from the last boy get out there Pro- from the last one. And maybe the first one I've only dated um, two people. So the first one I was with for a really long time, nine and a half years. And the second one I was with for about a year and a half, but I got into that one too quickly. And then I waited a while to break up with him um, because uh, he had some mental health issues and I wanted to make sure he was like set up in life better than when I got to him so that when I left him, hopefully he wouldn't destroy it all. <laughs> How do we find a boy for you who doesn't have mental health issues? I think that's a good first step. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know uh, what the bar is for like what is probably behavior that they can work with themselves and what isn't. How many people do you meet that are like not whatever quote unquote normal would be like get up, do a thing. You well, know. I don't know. Well, the, the second one, I got into that relationship too quickly too. I mean, he was, you know, generally like get up, 
go to work, go home. But he definitely had like some alcohol issues that I kind of knew going in and I should have just not messed with it. That's the Wisconsin, Jessica. That's the, that's the Wisconsin. It's too. I don't know if it's it's the Wisconsin per se. It definitely is. It's too cold there. It's it is cold. It's um, like 80 degrees today, though. Yeah, I know. But in the winter, I'm saying you're stuck. You're inside. The Packers have sucked for years. <laughs> what are you going to do? You well, drink. You know, what you I mean? can play D&D instead of going to the bar every day. Yeah, but I don't know. Also, we need we need somebody in your relationship that can handle a corporate environment. I'd like to see. Uh, I'd like to see you on some good insurance. You know what I mean? Maybe. Have oh, a, that'd be super duper. Yeah, yeah I would I, love that. Like maybe are you thinking a baby or is that not no. your plans? Uh-uh. No. Not in the plan. Can you tell me why? I just have never wanted them. And I am I know I'm not too old to start trying, but I it feels that way to me. But it's mostly I just never really wanted kids. You know, I mean, in early 30s, like, I take you at your word. Like, if you were like 20. Right? If you were 20. If you were <laughs> That's like what 20, I'm saying. If you were 21 and you're like, I don't want a baby, I'd be like, well, hang on. Let's wait and see what happens. But, like, yeah. in your early 30s, I figure this is, a like, a conscious decision. So. Mm-hmm. and Well, I felt this way forever. Basically. So um, don't want to screw a kid up? Not, no, I not just interest- don't want to do it. Just don't want, you don't want the responsibility? Maybe. I don't know. I think I'd be a good mom if I wanted to be. Like, I don't think I would do a bad job. Afraid of passing on diabetes? No, because I, uh, I new thing kind you. of had made up my mind about kids by the time I was like, you know, 25. If you wanted to do it, you'd do a good job at it. Yeah. Is like, it- you know, as well as you can do. I know it's. You know, like you go in thinking like, I know exactly what to do. This is going to be awesome. And then you're like, oh, screwed up there. Mm-hmm. Whoopsie. Shouldn't have done that. You know, like I know it, it's not easy. Do you have any of those feelings like, oh, the world's not a, uh, a fertile place to bring children into? Do you have those thoughts? Yeah. Like there's too many of them and they don't, nobody needs mine. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Uh, it's the self-esteem? <laughs> no. No, it's not. My okay. kids would be so smart. They would be amazing, but nobody needs, like, we don't need more. I could just adopt if I wanted it. You might not get a good one. Work with that. Like, look, my parents adopted. Look what happened to them. I mean, it's a shame, but, you know, you just got to take a risk. (laughs) And having your own kids is a risk, too. Like, you don't know. You don't know how it's going to be. Well, yeah. Can I, I, I'm going to ask a different question. This, obviously, this whole conversation got, like, bum-fuzzled by what happened in the beginning, but I'm still having fun, so I don't care. Oh, I don't, it's fine. Yeah, as yeah. long as everybody else isn't hating oh. the slight cluster that it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's good. I think we're doing okay. Yeah, we're yeah. fine. You're, uh, you, you've only chose two boys so far, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they've both kind of had the same vibe. I know. That's the scary thing. Are you bad at the picking part? Probably, right? I gotta be bad at the picking thing. Why? What, what are you attracted to that ends up not working out? I'm not sure. <laughs> well, the second time around, uh, he had some qualities that I really liked that were different from the first one. Mm-hmm. But they kind of ultimately had the same core issues with like emotional vul- vulnerability. So as much as I would like to think that I'd like to pick someone who is emotionally like capable of sharing with me, it doesn't seem like that's my MO, which is annoying when they don't share how how does that hurt your experience i feel like they don't trust me enough to share their life with me like their mental struggles and stuff like if you're not willing to share that with me then why are you bothering your time with me like and i understand it's hard to do that i probably struggle with that a little bit 
Like that's the the point of having a relationship is having someone to share with. Yeah. No, I, I understand. I I'm just I'm yeah. trying to understand further. If someone's not as open with you as you want them to be, it makes. But they are, the 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 part that I got tripped up on was if I'm not if I'm not mm-hmm. honest with you, then you think why? Like what's wrong with me that they don't want to be honest with me? Whereas I would think there's something about them that keeps them from being that way. Well, yeah, it's there is something about them that makes them want to be not to be honest. Yeah. And I can't like fix that. I can't just flip a switch and make them feel like they can be honest. Mm-hmm. And that bo- so then it, it's let's ask like a fancy that bothers let, me. Let's just ask like a big like made up thing. Let's say I have an underlying problem. Sure. You and I get together. Okay. I never share this problem right. with you and it never becomes obvious to you through our entire relationship. Did it matter that I didn't share it with you? It depends on if it's having a major impact on you or not. I guess it would bother me a little bit if you're like, oh, yeah, I've been terrified of heights this whole time. Every time we walk on a bridge, I want to cry. And I had no idea like that would make me feel a little upset. Because I kept it from you or because I didn't share it with you? Probably more the sharing. Mm -hmm. Do you worry that you're not a person people want to share with? Hmm. This is why I need therapy because I'm not introspective enough sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I'm a good listener and I'm a better listener than I am at getting people to listen to me, I guess. Because what I'm hearing is that you want things from people that they don't give you. And that makes yeah. you feel bad. It makes you feel bad because why would they not tell you? Okay. Yeah, I see where you're going with. Yeah. Right. But what if they just can't tell you? Like, what if they couldn't tell anybody? It has nothing to do with you. I mean, there's varying degrees of it, right? I mean, it, it would yeah. still, like, I wouldn't say it wouldn't bother me at all. It's it's more of, like, if it becomes an issue in their mental health and their daily life, and then they're freaking the heck out over there, and I have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. You don't like the uncertainty. Yeah. Do you have thoughts that you didn't share with your boyfriends? Probably, honestly, I don't. I, it's hard to remember exactly what I was feeling at any time. May, may I? May I guess? You you do. I think everybody has thoughts that they don't share. With I mean, else. probably, yeah. Yeah. Well, with the first one, we were together for a really long time. Too young. Yeah, too young. Went into it too fast. Again, that's that's the thing I'm working on not doing. I don't know. He he just never shared very much to begin with, so I didn't share very much. I mm-hmm. guess. And he wasn't super like, I don't know that he there was something up with the first one for sure. Like he had his own stuff going on. I'm going to tell you something that I've been thinking about lately. Sure. I grew up. My father left my mom when I was like 13, so I was mm-hmm. mostly raised, you know, in in a family together when I was younger, and by a single woman when I was older. And the message from my mom was: be nice. Be kind, be caring, be gentle. This is what women want. And I look back mm-hmm. now and I realize that's what my mom wanted. It's not what women want. It's mm-hmm. what my mom wanted. Um, and based, yeah. and my mom was plenty happy being with a guy who kind of took control and like did like guy things at, at, right up until she realized that he was cheating on her and then their relationship broke up. But prior to that, she was very happy that way. And so I think I modeled myself towards compassion and being concerned with other people's feelings when sometimes 
you know, your interests are not interesting to me. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it's, which is fine, but but I put myself out there and I do that. And what I've learned over the years is that the women I find, that's not really what they want. Hmm. It's interesting. Like, like everybody says, like, be nice, be kind, be gentle. And not that there's not a space and time for all that. I'm not, and I'm not saying certainly like, I'm not saying like I have a club in my hand and I, I, you know, dragging people by their hair, like a caveman. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that like, there's more like classically masculine traits that sometimes I think guys can hide thinking that's not what you want. And then they feel like Mm -hmm. they're hiding themselves and then you can feel that they're hiding something from you. Mm. That's all. Yeah, I get the vibe a little bit. I, yeah, I I do feel like I don't I don't know if I'm getting a read on somebody until I've hung out with them a lot, and then you start to figure it out a little more. Yeah, no, no, it's it's hard to be yourself because yeah, you have these is. expectations of yeah. what you think people expect except you might not be expecting the same thing that i was told to give it's very interesting Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i find it i find it interesting i think you'll not you but in general you're part of a generation of people who want things to go right and you want it yeah and you want something to be comfortable for you like you know like Mm -hmm. i i very easily could still be working in a sheet metal shop like i swear to you like that could very easily be happening and i hated it like I, well, that's unfair. I didn't hate it. I just didn't like it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have any expectation that I was supposed to like it. So it was okay. Like I got yeah. up, toiled. I mean, my I think thing. my parents' working experience is probably similar too. Like you just get a job and you do the job. Yeah. And then that's then that's that. But, yeah. you know, it's um, as far as that reflects on relationships about, you know, I want the thing I want. I don't know. It's it's strange. You're in a world where people don't actually share how they feel until you get very intimate with them and then sometimes not even. And mm-hmm. but you want honesty and clarity and which is absolutely like I'm not saying you shouldn't want that. I'm just saying that I don't know if you can get it from people all the time. Yeah, that's the difficult thing. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I'm still working through like okay, like it's h- kind of hard for me to read people like I can't go on one date with someone then decide like this is it. You know, it takes me a while to, like, get used to people and figure it out and stuff, so. Yeah, I can't imagine anywhere where that would be, like, accurate. Mm -hmm. After a date or something like that, or or a couple of dates to really know somebody. I think you have to get into pressure situations a little bit, see how people react, too. Yeah, kind of, yeah. You know? It's just just interesting, because when my wife and I were first together... Like I'm an I'm an action oriented, get things accomplished person, mm-hmm. and then as you're together longer, there you know you'll somebody will say to you like you know you don't always have to fix things, and I'll be like well when you know for the first five years of our life you were standing there waiting for me to fix things, and and so like that's my expectation of what you want, and then what you want shifts, and it's very interesting. I don't know. You should probably just go date a bunch of people with no expectations. Yeah, probably. That's all. Or don't. I don't give a shit. <laughs> matter to me, Jessica. It's it's tricky because I don't know uh, how many people is appropriate to talk to at the same time. And like, yada, yada. Ugh. Oh, you're worried about all that? Yeah. It's awful. Oh, what I, I worry it. about. I'm trying to put myself in your position. Yeah, I don't think I'd worry about that. 
Yeah, probably not. I, I do have an issue with, obviously, I the last relationship, I stayed with somebody for too long because I was worried about their feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I did learn a little bit of a lesson from that, but I haven't learned it completely. So, you know, I don't want to be like unfair to someone, I guess, but I guess that's just how it is. Would you be comfortable sharing with me what it's like to have already decided that this is not the person for you, but you're still being intimate with them? I guess in what respect, it's not fair to them because I think he could probably tell that I was sort of checking out. Right. I I don't know. It's a weird, it's a strange situation. It like, in some ways it feels like, you know, it's probably, it's probably better when you've decided enough is enough to just leave you know and like there's some ups and downs and you're like okay maybe maybe it's just it's just a down spot and it'll get better and then you wait a little bit and that's not the case and so there's like little signs you can look for like uh yeah yeah. probably and it's just it's just tough to like know because because even when you spot them the other person doesn't go oh yeah you're right i i am not taking my bra off in front of you anymore because i'm not comfortable being like topless in front of you and like nobody says that but but somebody will be like well you know right what do you, why do you you know you never used yeah. to get changed in the bed in the bathroom like what's going on they're like nothing like it's always that like nobody ever has the nerve to like just go the rest of the way with it and be like yeah you're right i'm i'm yeah trying to keep you from seeing me because well, i'm not into this well then he was never a forthright about like i think when he started to have concerns he never asked me directly about it at all yeah it's so hard so i mean yeah, it's hard. That mm. wasn't good for anybody. Yeah, so you're, you're, tra- you're tra- yeah, you, you don't want to you don't want to make that mistake again. No. Do you no. think it's possible that it's just not possible to be with somebody for that long and not have those feelings? Like, like I've been in a, oh, I've been in a very uh, long relationship, and I can tell you, like, it ebbs and flows. Well, this no the 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 second one, I was for sure like pretty you know early ish you know. Like eight months or so, I was like, eh, I think we're done, but I didn't want to mm-hmm. sabotage his life by leaving, I guess, which is not the correct way to look at it. But I yeah. knew it would be really tough. Um, but no, for sure, with the first one, like there's definitely, you know, it's nine and a half years into that one. There's definitely ebbs and flows. Yeah, for sure. Like, that's just how it goes. Um, you know, you have times where you're not feeling emotionally like connected for a while. And then for whatever reason, it kicks back up. Things are really good. Like I, I expect that to happen. Yeah. For sure. How much of your diabetes did you share with, with these guys? The second one, um, a lot. He was really good. He paid a lot of attention. Um, I think he would have been really good at potentially caring for me if I needed it. Mm-hmm. He was really thoughtful in that way. He really paid a lot of attention. The first one, it kind of freaked him out. He was, I think, concerned about what it would mean. And he didn't know how to, like, help me with it. Yeah. And and then it just stressed him out. Gotcha. But then you guys. And he didn't, he didn't ask any questions or anything at all, even. Yeah. Now, I've often wondered how crazy that must be to be with somebody for that long. Not actually be, like, you guys are together, but you don't own anything together. You're not actually married. And then this big thing comes in and... Mm-hmm. If it's not hard to go, ooh, I wasn't expecting that. Like, I'm not, and you're already not, yeah. it's not like you're like 
you know, having a fairy tale existence and just like, oh, it's fine, whatever, baby. Like, you know, it's almost like mm-hmm. oh, there's another thing. And and you're and you're then he doesn't respond to it. And you're probably thinking, well, there's another thing. He's not even showing any interest in this diabetes thing. And um, possibly. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I wasn't expecting it to be sure. Mm-hmm. Super. <laughs> like, I, I never expected him to be super uh, emotionally supportive when I when we were at that point. Yeah, it's very interesting if you stop and take the whole story here and like think back to your grandmother, your great grand, you know, going to Wisconsin and then leaving and coming back and and the idea of like what's right for people and mm-hmm. what like what makes them happy like there's just times where i don't know if this is an unpopular feeling but like i i don't think you're supposed to be happy every day no you're not yeah, i yeah. there's days where i'm in a bad mood and it's for whatever reason it's like well that's it for today i'm just going to be in a bad mood tomorrow will probably be better and you just you just have to like live with your feelings for a minute mhm and ha- you know they're temporary always, and then it's going to be fine later. I heard somebody say recently, don't say you have anxiety. Say you're experiencing anxiety. And that that's an important distinction. I'm going to look more into that. I'm not sure if there's maybe. something there or not. but I think it depends on whether, maybe whether you have chronic anxiety or not. Yeah. But it, it might help with the way you think about it, maybe. Mm. Yeah, it, like but, if you're someone that has chronic anxiety, you know, it might be easier to think like this minute I'm having issues, but maybe, you know, well, yes, later I won't. Sort of part of what I was talking about earlier, like, you know, there's I'm, I don't doubt at all. There are people who are under like constant crippling anxiety. I'm not saying that there are also mm-hmm. people who just get into anxious situations and then say things like, like I have anxiety. Like, well, OK, yeah, because, you know, you're walking along a rim of a volcano this is going to be an anxious situation but you, you're going to walk away from it eventually and not feel this way anymore it, it was first put to me by somebody who said i have ptsd like a diagnosed ptsd and i don't like it when people say oh that gives me ptsd mm, because mm-hmm. it, it's not really giving them ptsd it's making them remember something unfavorably from their past and they can walk away from it. I can't walk away from my PTSD. And I think that about like anxiety too. Like, you know, there are obviously people who have it to the degree where they can't get away from it. But then yeah. everybody else sort of like jumps on the bandwagon. I'll tell you what I'm hearing a lot lately that absolutely like boggles my mind to some level. Adults who appear to be living 100% fine, who are all of a sudden comfortable saying, I think I have a little bit of autism. Have you heard people say that? No, I haven't. <laughs> My God, I'm fascinated by it. Like, I think I what might be, I think I might be autistic. I'm like, well, you're. What fo- does that mean? You're 45. You own a yeah. home. You got three kids. You go to work every day. You don't have trouble yeah. doing any of the things you're, you know, that you know, relating to people or anything. And like, I get the idea of like, I see, and people will say, well, there's a spectrum, and I'm, cer- yeah. I'm certain that's true. But my point is, is that if there's a spectrum and you're all the way on the one side of it where you have a character, a character trait that re, that can relate back to a thing, doesn't mean you have the thing. And, yeah, that's you know, the issue with like it's a spectrum. The problem with the spectrum is uh, you can put any spectrum in front of you and you could pick out a couple of things that you sometimes display. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like like if, if you know. Yeah. Like if you're a completely calm person who. I don't know, just goes off the handle if one specific thing happens. I don't know that you have an anger issue. I think this thing makes you angry. And I don't know. I've just I've just seen people lately say, like, oh, like I rub my leg when I'm nervous. 
like is that autism like is it autism like like what like uh, okay like it jessica what i'm saying is and i think i've been dancing around it for like an hour now i feel like everybody wants to have something uh i feel like everybody wants to identify with a group of people right yeah well that's what i meant but yes yeah yeah, yeah. like everybody's yeah. trying to like pick a team they're like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm team autism. I'm team anxiety. I'm team like, I have a thing too. Like, I belong. And that's, um, you know, as an older person, that's strange to me. I, I'm like caught in the middle of it. It's like, I sort of get it, but I wonder, like, general things in life tend to be like, you swing back and forth between things, like, mm-hmm one extreme reaction and then there's another extreme reaction that kind of goes back and forth like that politics is a really good example yeah. especially in the u.s like it's like everybody like republican in the uh whatever brand um so i wish there was like a middle ground that we'd settle on but there isn't <laughs> we're just gonna swing from one extreme to the other it just it may it just makes me wonder if like like are you really any happier than your father was was he really any happier than his mother was like, you know, like, or isn't this all just, like, variations on a theme? And the theme is that everything's not always perfect. Mm-hmm. When you involve other people in your life, they have things you don't have. You're not always going to, like, mesh together perfectly. We have this idea that yeah. we're going to, which I, I don't think is true. And, you know, and, and I, are we all reaching for something that's not attainable? And couldn't we just, like, let it go and be happier? If we were just like so not worried about everything fitting correctly or being 100% right or mm. whatever. I don't know. I just, these are my thoughts today. Uh, you're getting them pretty unfiltered, Jessica. That's it. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. I don't know. I struggle with um, trying to place my opinion on things like that. It can, it just can depend on the day, honestly, yeah. or who I talk to last. <laughs> About it, like if someone has more more of an issue with a particular issue like anxiety, I tend to feel a little bit more um, sympathetic, I guess. Mm -hmm. Of course. But I understand what you're saying where like, at what point is it actually an issue and. You just get up and go to work and take care of yourself and love the people around you and do your best. And that's it. Like, why are we judging ourselves constantly? My only drawback is. Uh, that I don't know what it's like to experience that. <laughs> so it's hard for me to say what is right or, or wrong about it because I, you know, I have a pretty laid back attitude. So I just get up and go and do the thing. I don't struggle with it. Yeah. See, that's much. A, that, that's you know. a newer, a newer concern, like social concern. Yeah. Like for other mm-hmm. people, like, well, I, I don't want anybody yeah. else to feel X, Y, Z because I'm blah, blah, blah. And, like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you that I grew up through a time where that was not, and no one gave a shit about other people. Like, they, and and not that they didn't care about you, they cared plenty and people were lovely. But nobody, I didn't work with anybody who thought, well, I won't be me so that you're not uncomfortable. Like, that that never was a problem. Like, people just Hmm. lived their lives and everybody just dealt with it. You, You know, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It just feels like we're trying to fit something that doesn't fit. I don't know what it is yet. I haven't been able to. That's life, though. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, we we don't live lives that our bodies are probably made to live in. And as a result, we get, like, anxiety because, you know, yeah. th- things that don't really matter because we're we're supposed to be just in constant worry all the time about not getting eaten or finding food. 
Yeah. Yeah, we, we we've definitely changed the landscape of what it means to be human, and our yeah. bo- and our bodies and our brains haven't caught up to it yet. That's for sure. No, and they never will. Yeah, I don't know. I won't I be. Think I don't so. think it I'll be around. Millions of it. years, yeah, and I don't yeah. think we'll be around that long. <laughs> Come on, Jessica. Why? Uh, I mean, how many how many species live for millions of years? Oh, we're gonna do it, Jessica. Don't you worry. I don't know, man. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. Who knows? Yeah. Well, not if you don't make a baby. We got to. Uh, there's <laughs> more out there. It'll be fine. We need more like you, though, don't you think? Probably, probably, <laughs> which is a really egotistical thing to say. <laughs> Jessica's like, what the world needs is my spawn, but I will not be giving it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. By the way, right? <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Does that make it harder to date because you have to find a guy who doesn't want a kid? A little bit, yeah. Like the uh, one guy I went on two dates with is going okay. I did put on my profile specifically, like, I don't want to start a family. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't have kids and you want them, I ain't it. Like, it's that's not, I'm not for you. Right. Um, but I ended up going on a couple dates with uh, somebody and he said, like, oh, yeah, I want kids. I'm like, oh, you didn't read my profile then. And I guess we're done. <laughs> Jessica, you would be surprised how many people sign up to be on this podcast and don't read the little tiny paragraph that explains to you how to do it and what you'll need when you get here. And I'm like, did you not read that? Oh. And they go, I didn't see that. No. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I, th- that's the thing. It's like, I don't know if anybody's reading this that I'm putting on the profile. I don't know. You know, it's just... Uh, <laughs> I bet you they're not. I bet they're you, probably I, not. Yeah, I bet no. you there's just something about uh-huh. your your bone structure and your hair color and your skin color, and a guy's like, "Oh, I find that attractive." He's like, yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Maybe <laughs> yeah, I can have sex with much. that girl. <laughs> that's yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's legit. And, yeah. And you're over there so, thinking like, maybe I could build a life with him, and he's like, "I wonder." Oh. I yeah. wonder if I can just hit that. Can I just yeah, exactly? You know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's fun. That's fun. Hold on, you broke up, but did you say that's fun? Tend to be, you know, I filter out like, you know, if he looks like a boy, I'm not gonna. Wait, if he looks like a, if he looks like a what? You know. Say that again. If he looks like a what? Like a boy, like somebody who just, you know, like like he's taking. Oh God, I got one. Um, he said he was a doctor, but he only had like five pictures but they were all from the chin down like oh. section in oh. no face pics like nothing i was like that's creepy okay was it an attractive midsection yes it was oh so he's trying to get yeah. you with his abs i guess right i don't yeah. know did he show you like down past the hips no it was like hip to hip to neck Interesting. Well, then, so let me ask you something then, because we talked about the boys who probably just were like, oh, like, she's pretty. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Like, did you look at him and go, maybe I don't care what his face looks like? For a hot second. Uh, and then I was like, I don't want to waste my time with like that. This could be a catfish or something. I don't know. Yeah. So, Dr. Abs. Hmm? Dr. Abs. Dr. Abs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was also kind of far away, which. Eh. Oh, distance wise. Um, I'm lazy. I don't I don't really want to move and I don't really want to drive a lot. <laughs> I got a radius. Yeah. <laughs> I don't leave this radius. Nope. That's funny. Oh my gosh. All right, Jessica. Is there anything we haven't talked about that you think we should have? I don't think so. Maybe the D and D again, but I, I know. Mean, we, we did can't skip go the Dungeons That's, and Dragons. It's done and over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, being a D and D player, like you probably don't see a lot of abs, right? Mm, probably no. Well, a lot of the people I play with are women. There's only one man, and he's got two ladies, so. Yeah. 
you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. he's a little busy. Uh, but yeah, we just play, I just play with um, women. We had a guy that was in our group, but he left and I don't think he's ever coming back. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever thought about going and playing for the other team? I know that's a no. weird thing to no. say, but only the people no. would only say to girls and not the men, but no. Yeah. No, I just, no. Okay. It's fine with me. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I was just wondering. <laughs> I catch a lot of shit from the two people who like are definitely bi or lesbian, but I'm like, no. For not giving it a whirl? I guess. Yeah. Look, because you know, you, you know, gripe a little bit, but like men are gross sometimes or whatever. And they're like, it really sounds like you don't like men. I'm like, oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> there's always something about the thing you like that you don't like. Right, yeah, there's parts of it I really like. So just calm down. Yeah, <laughs> basically. I'm yeah, like, right. well, you know, it's yeah. Well, listen, I'm going to say this. Uh, you will probably save a lot of heartache not expecting boys not to be boys. Like you should probably just expect that they're going mean, to be themselves. To- to an extent. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's a yeah. level of it that you could go like, that's too much for me. But for sure. Yeah. I I just don't like I, I honestly don't think that I was really mature until I was like in my mid 40s, probably. Ugh. And here I am thinking like, oh, people in their 30s, like, you know, so mature. Wow. I mean, everybody's been nice. I haven't had a, like a bad experience with. No, no, I'm a fine anybody. person at all. I just like my you know? actual maturity level. Like, and I'm right. pretty responsible yeah. person. I raise kids. Like, I, you know, di- diabetes, like, you know, pay for things, like, stuff like that. You know, get up, go to work, like, all that stuff. Like, I'm very faithful, like, that, all that stuff. Um, but, like, yeah, like, still my my silly reactions to things still happen. Like, I mean, that's fine, yeah. right? You got to have a little humor. I don't know. Sure. I walk into the room and I go, Kelly, Kelly. And she's like, what? I'm like, nothing. I'm just sounding a Kelly alarm. And she's like, well, you're 50. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but. Kelly, she's just like, shut the fuck up. Then <laughs> I can't stop myself. I don't even That's like. Fair. Yeah. I, I mean, that kind of stuff, like as much as I hate to say it, your poor wife, but like, you know, you got to keep that kind of stuff up a little yeah. bit. I came in the room very exuberant the other day and I said, oh, my God, how have we never tried the nickname Kelly Bean? And she goes, no. And I'm like, you don't like it? Like Jelly Bean. Uh, and she goes, yeah, I get no. it. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, then let it go. And she goes, yeah, yeah, I will. And I was like, all right. So like a couple days later, I'm like, hey, I just want to revisit this again. And she goes, what am I? Kelly Bean. Thoughts. And she goes, hasn't changed. And I was like, okay. And that was it. But I don't know where the hell that thought comes from or why I said it out loud or why I revisited it. Because I I literally just thought it was funny two days later to say it again. And she, she clearly is not amused by it. I don't care for it, honestly. Well, Kelly Bean, I, can I be no honest thanks. with you? After I've gone yeah. over it a couple of times, it's off my list too. I don't like it either. Good, yay! Now you, I'm glad. I'm happy for her <laughs> that you finally decided it's not a good idea. I'm just trying to point out that I'm still an idiot, and I'm 51, and I'm reasonable about many things. And you uh, should probably. Expect- I mean, I wouldn't say that's being an idiot. Hmm. I don't know. A little bit. I think I'm an idiot. You know, a but you're bit. not like. Um, I don't know. Well, what are guys doing that is so reprehensible? Well, I haven't spent a ton of time yet around mm. them, but like, I don't know, like drinking a lot, things like, like I said, it's Wisconsin. Like, I get it. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're bar. <laughs> uh, but like doing stupid stuff with their friend, like really stupid stuff with their friends and, you know. Cutting holes in ice and going fishing. Yeah. Um, making, I, I don't get it. Making their tires too big on their truck. 
Yeah, that's a no-go for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Maybe you need to move. I probably should move. Yeah. I don't do those yeah. things. I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, you buy a car, like, that's the car. Like, you're done. Yeah, like, I, I could care less. Like... Yeah. I like I like my car, but still, like it, it came with what it came with, and that's it. I'm done mm-hmm. now. I don't need a different wheel on it or something like that. Yeah, uh, same. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, a lot of there's a lot of like you know. Jessica, yeah. my here's my here's my um my out of left field hot take. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have two kids by the time you're 38. Oh, I doubt it. I know. Why but, do you say that? Why? Because I think because you seem like a very. I don't know. I think there's a world where you could meet a person where you would have like a, a pretty big shift in your expectation for your life. It's you're, possible. You're not flighty and you're not weird. Like you're not a party girl. Like you're not like you're not shallow. Like like and not to say that you can't not have kids and be those things. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that like if I had to bet, mm-hmm. and by the way, I could be completely wrong. This is literally an up or down bet. Like, I think it's possible you bump into somebody who you really jive with and it makes you rethink things. I could see that happening. I'm if I'd met somebody that I liked a lot better when I was younger. Oh, you think this is an age For thing? For sure. N- no, not no. an age thing. Okay. Uh, what, well, the children thing kind of at this point. Yeah, a little mm. bit. Now nah, your stuff still works. You'll be all right. It still works, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> then I Then I have to... I don't know. Child rearing doesn't sound super duper fun. Oh, no, it's terrible. Oh, did you yeah. think it was fun? Oh, my God. No. no and I don't want to do it when I'm like 40. Fuck that. Yeah. I, that, that, <laughs> like, I, that I take your point on. Like, I miss nah. my kids being here. But like, my God, like, I don't think I could like, I don't think I could hump through it again. Like, it's no, it's, it's a lot. Mm-mm. So. All right. Well, we'll see. You, I'll try to keep the podcast going for like, I don't know, six or seven more years so we can find out. Yeah, sounds good. I'll let you know. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate this. Hold on one second for me, okay? Sure. First, I'd like to thank Jessica for the hard work she puts in for those dogs and for coming on the podcast and sharing her story. We also want to thank Cozy Earth and remind you to use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout to save 40% off of everything in your cart. And last but not least, the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. Contour Next. Dot com slash juice box. Head over there now. Check out those second chance test strips. Get yourself a meter. You can buy them online. There's a buy now button. You can just check it out. Just use the website. Trust me. Oh, and did I forget touched by type one? No, I did not. Touched by type one.org. Find them on Facebook. Find them on Instagram. Check out the good work they're doing on their website. Touched by type one.org. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. Once there was a time when I just told people, if you want a low and stable A1C, just listen to the Juice Box Podcast. But as the years went on and the podcast episodes grew, it became more and more difficult for people to listen to everyone. So I made the Diabetes Pro Tip Series. This series is with me and Jenny Smith. Jenny is a certified diabetes care and education specialist She's also a registered and licensed dietitian and a type 1 herself for over 30 years. And I, of course, am the father of a child who was diagnosed at age 2 in 2006. The Pro Tip series begins at episode 210 with an episode called Newly Diagnosed or Starting Over. And from there, all about MDI, pre-bolusing, insulin pumping, bumping and nudging, variables, exercise, illness, injuries, surgeries, glucagon, 
long-term health, bumping and nudging, how to explain type 1 to your family, postpartum, honeymoon, transitioning, all about insulin, temp basils. These are all different episodes. Setting your basal insulin, fat and protein, pregnancy, the glycemic index and load, and so much more, like female hormones and weight loss. Head now to juiceboxpodcast.com. Go up in the menu at the top and click on Diabetes Pro Tip. Or if you're in the private Facebook group, there's a list of these episodes right in the featured tab. Find out how I help keep my daughter's A1C between 5'2 and 6'2 for the last 10 years without diet restrictions. Juiceboxpodcast.com. Start listening today. It's absolutely free. Hey, I forgot this at the beginning. I apologize. Uh, nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin.